Listener-supported KFUO, the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time for our moment on the lighter side. And today we welcome back Dr. Luke to continue our look at Luke's exclusive details on the passion of Jesus Christ. Uh, 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 Mr. Duncan, I, I noticed this week you not only have a KFUO ball cap uh, covered up with a hooded sweatshirt and a lunch lady here in it, but... But now you got a Cardinals batting helmet? Oh, man, I got to remember to put some kind of dark tape over that camera. I keep forgetting you could see me, but I am surprised you noticed. Well, how, how could I not? I, I, I mean, true, I've often seen you wearing a ball cap, but I've never seen you wearing a, a batter's helmet. Well, you know, it's it's just my little tribute for the fact that Albert Pujols has rejoined the St. Louis Cardinals. And also I figured, oh, wow. yeah, isn't that cool? I, I figured with something as solid as a batter's helmet on my head, there was no way you'd be able to get any of your hair growing lotions or leeches on my head. Well, you don't need to worry about that, Mr. Duncan. I, I promise you, I, I've given up uh, trying to restore any vegetation to that balding scalp of yours. <laughs> I think the light's reflecting off of it here. But it is. I, maybe you need to cover that camera up a little bit. It's yeah, my eyes. It's, it's shining right in there, isn't it? If you hadn't said that before, I would have you know, maybe believed you a little bit more and trusted you a little bit more. But well, you've well, promised I, I, before. I, I know. I deserve that, Gary. And I must admit, sometimes I, I have been less than forthcoming, uh, but only out of a desire to enhance your chrome dome. <laughs> but this time, you can be sure I won't try anything. No, no. Uh, to paraphrase Ecclesiastes, there is a time for pranksterism and a time to be serious. And and since these next two weeks, we're going to be discussing my unique contributions to the story of Holy Week, I think the time has come to be serious. You know, I'm just thinking if Peter, Paul, and Mary would have used those same that same phrase, that whole song would have been different. That <laughs> Ecclesiastes comment you <laughs> just made. For yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would have been different. Well, I hope, Doctor Luke, you don't mind. I'm gonna. I, I'm, I'm starting to trust you a little bit more, but I think I'll keep the helmet on because I'm not 100 percent sure you're not going to try something. Plus, well, you know, I am the boss, so someone else might be out to get me. So, a good hard helmet <laughs> might be good to have. There, there are probably people looking to hit you in the head. I can see that yeah. and it's understandable about your feelings towards me so yeah you know i don't mind getting hit in the head as long as i don't get slapped in the face <laughs> so uh what unique luke and tales are you going to share with us this afternoon well you know in my account of holy week there is much that is specific to my story for instance i'm the only one who describes how Pilate sent jesus to king herod during the trial Oh, I remember that after Pilate and Herod became good friends. Uh, and I'm the only one who shares Jesus' lament to the women. Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for you and your children. And there are many other details like that which are peculiar to my account. But since we only have two weeks to confer about these things, I will limit my discussion to two key events. Well, maybe we can have you back some other Lenten season, Dr. Luke. Oh, I, I would appreciate that. As long as you leave your hair-growing cures at your home. Now, Gary, I, I thought we agreed to set those differences aside. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dr. Luke. So what are the two unique stories that you want to share? Well, we all know that Jesus said seven words from the cross, and it was my blessing from the Holy Spirit to record three of those words. Now, these three words are also intimately connected to each other, and it is my pleasure to share them with you. Uh, but let's actually start uh, with a word from another of the gospel accounts. If you wouldn't mind reading from Matthew, uh, chapter 27, 41 through 44. 
a paper cut. You know, that's what you get for trying to go th too fast. Yeah, yeah, just take your time. You may put some gloves on or something, like yeah. that helmet. You know? Yeah, if I put a baseball glove on, it definitely won't work. Even gloves no, won't that's work. that's true. They're using a little pages there. So yeah. uh, here's what it says. It says, also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, he saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in that very same way. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him. Uh, that fact that Jesus hung between two criminals, now that can be found in all four Gospels. Uh, earlier, Ivan recorded the Old Testament prophecy that he would, quote, uh, be numbered amongst the transgressors, unquote. That's Luke 22, verse 37, if you want to look it up. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize, though, is that in the beginning, both of these criminals were mocking Jesus like everyone else. Right. I always thought there was a bad robber, and in, at least in my thinking, there was also a good robber. Which is a detail you learn only from my gospel, as we'll see. But it's important to note that at first, nothing distinguished them from any other part of the mocking crowd. And with me knowing where you're going, I realize this makes the story even more dramatic. That it does. So, so why don't you begin reading now at my gospel, Luke chapter 23, verse 39. Be careful there. No paper cut. Okay, I'll slow down just a little bit for today. One of the criminals who were hanged railed him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Then save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly what we're receiving because of our due rewards of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. So apparently at some point, one of the criminals had a change of heart. Exactly. Uh, he exhibited what Jesus had constantly exhorted people to do. In fact, in another story unique to my gospel, Jesus had proclaimed, Repent, or you will all likewise perish. Uh, Luke 13, verse 3. And that's exactly what the man did, repenting, lest he perish. But honestly, Dr. Luke, that's why I'm not so impressed with the thief's dying declaration. You know, a lot of people uh, who go to court, they're crying and everything, but they're not sorry for their crime. They're just sorry they got caught. Well, well what, do you, what do you mean, Mr. Duncan? Well, what do you expect a guy to do when he's about to die? He's looking for a way out, right? If I were hanging next to that robber, I would be thinking, oh, sure, now you come crying to me, now that you've only got a few minutes to live, but where were your cries and penance a little while ago when you were mocking me with all the others? Yeah, you know, I imagine you would think that way, Mr. Duncan. I, I probably would, too, <laughs> which is exactly why you were not hanging next to that thief. <laughs> but... It is the reason I hope Jesus will be next to me when I'm dying, because what Jesus does next is remarkable. Dr. Luke, can I read on? Oh, please do. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, isn't it amazing? How great the forgiveness of Jesus can be. I mean, here he extends his mercy to a man who only moments before had scoffed at him. And that's exactly why I'm glad Jesus is my Savior. It's really something to realize. Even if we spent our whole lives in rebellion to God, he would still receive us into paradise, even if we come to faith at our very last breath. Which, of course, is great comfort to us. 
because we all spend our entire lives struggling with sin. Uh, however, I wouldn't recommend waiting till your last breath to confess the Lord. I mean, after all, no one knows the circumstances of their last breath. You may not get the opportunity to repent. Not only that, but Jesus wants us to have life in its fullness, and you can't have that without knowing God's love and forgiveness. It would be a shame to put such things off to the last minute, but Dr. Luke, that does bring up a question I want to ask you. This man was a hardened criminal. Apparently, at the end, he did become aware of the depths of his crime. But as you said just moments earlier, he had scorned and derided Jesus. Where in the world did he get the courage to ask Jesus to remember him in paradise? Where does a man like this get such bold faith? That actually brings us to the second word of Jesus from the cross I want to discuss with you. If you go back now to the beginning of my account of Jesus' crucifixion and read verses 33 and 34. Okay, and when they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots and divided up his garments. I believe, uh, Gary, it was this simple prayer of Jesus that gave the thief the faith to call out to the Lord in his last breath. And now that took a while for those words to work on his heart. But as he began to contemplate the depth of his sin, he was kept from despair by these words of Jesus that still rang in his ears. I mean, if Jesus could offer such forgiveness to the very men who were nailing him to the cross, well, maybe he could give the same to the thief who hung by his side. And Dr. Luke, it occurs to me the same is true for us. Well, well how's that, Mr. Duncan? Well, it's the same way we come to know Jesus. Forgiveness. Faith isn't something we pull out of our hat, or in my case right now, maybe my hard helmet here. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's not something we decide to do someday, but it's something that God works in us when we hear his word. <laughs> well said, Mr. Duncan. You know, for a lot of us, it, it began with that word of forgiveness that was spoken at our baptism. Rise up, be baptized, and have your sins washed away. Or the word of forgiveness that the pastor speaks to us in private confession or in a church service. Whatever you lose on earth will also be losed in heaven. And, of course, there are the wonderful accounts of God's forgiveness, which are recorded throughout the Holy Scriptures. You know, you know, one of my favorites, and again, unique to me, was the story of the prodigal. A sinful son, but he was welcomed back with the loving arms of his father. Oh, yeah. And Dr. Luke, don't forget those wonderful words of forgiveness that are spoken to us in the Lord's Supper. Oh, oh, that I haven't. And I'm glad you bring that up, because that will be the subject of our discussion next week. I thought I'd share with you the words of Jesus at the Last Supper that are only found in my gospel. Now, there are not a lot of them, but, but what, what's there is very important to you and me. Uh, but before we end this week's session, you know, there's still one final word of Jesus from the cross that is unique to my gospel. And what's that, Dr. Luke? Well, his final words on the cross. Uh, read verse 46 of my gospel. Okay. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. You know, it's very bold of Jesus to offer that thief paradise. But of course, that was the issue. Could he offer that man paradise? I mean, after all, that's why the man had to write at Jesus early, remember? He said, how could Jesus save others if he couldn't even save himself? <laughs> <laughs> and 
if you think about it, that's the irony, Dr. Luke, precisely because Jesus didn't save himself. He is able to save others. Indeed, by his death, everyone in the world who believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Y you got it, Mr. Duncan. Uh, Jesus died on that cross so as to pay for the sins of the world. And these final words of Jesus are a reminder there is a place prepared for us in the Father's mansions. As Jesus goes to the Father, so, so will all believers. And we all become believers the same way the robber did, by hearing the word of Jesus Christ. And that's why KFO is so important, because we proclaim that word of Christ daily. You are absolutely right, Mr. Duncan. And, and so then let me conclude with what Jesus would say to all your listeners there at KFO. You will be with me in paradise. Well, next week, we'll share even more of these faith-given words. Uh, we'll talk about Jesus' words at the Last Supper that you'll only find in my gospel. Uh, until then, Mr. Duncan. Yeah, I look forward to talking to you again next week. And I also look forward to spending paradise with you. Because I'm thinking in paradise, I'll have my perfected body. And you won't be trying to use any hair tonic on me or anything, right? Oh, that, your locks will be all the way down to your shoulders. Maybe I won't even recognize you at first. Maybe You'll not. have to wave at me and say hi. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> we are the messenger of good news. We are worldwide at KFUO.org.